America, my name is Aimeose Frimpong, and you're watching The Black Athenians. I come to you live every Friday about this time, and today I'm going to talk about Obama. I was going to talk about the Alabama union vote, but I'm going to have to push that to next week because Obama had to open up his yap and said something special. So let's, let's go right to it because I'm a little bit heated, if you can't tell. Let me just put the... Uh, the clip at issue because I want you know we're working with text here so I want to see what I can see what I can see all right here we go so Obama it turns out since uh, in his post presidency he's young so he's going to be mouthing off for a while it's very important that we that we we put him in his place now because he's going to be here he's he's like the poor he'll always be with us depending on you know he's gonna he's probably gonna outlast me right like his lifespan um is is going to outlast me and everybody who cares about racial justice. So this is what Obama said. So Obama says, you know, uh, white resistance and resentment stopped him from pushing for reparations. And he said, you know, other parts in the article, he says, you know, reparations might be justified and there is a justice case for them, but white resistance and um, kept him from actually pressing the fight. And this is awful for a few different reasons. The first reason is you have two jobs as an elected official. I'm gonna say this again, if people miss it, I might say it a few times. You have two jobs. One is to push policy. Two, clarify the fight, because you're in a democracy, and that means even if you get the policy through, if you get the policy through, but you've confused people about what it is, what you're fighting, and why you're fighting it, you're dealing with a confused electorate, and it's going to ultimately undermine your aspirations. So um, you have two jobs, two jobs. And if you don't get that right, you'll end up like, remember this, right? I try, to, I try to give visual aids to the people. Visual aids to the people. All right, so if you don't get the fight right, even if you get the policy you want, but you've confused people about the issue, then you end up like Tom in this picture. You're like, ooh, I'm going to get Jerry. Um, but you know, like that's, that's what it is like to get policy through in a democracy while confusing the electorate. Right. So if you can't get your policy through your number one job becomes to clarify the fight. As soon as it becomes clear that the Republicans aren't going to work for you, you clarify the fight. And if you don't clarify the fight, it might be personally lucrative for you. But it'll be bad for the cause. And if you notice, Obama's kind of like one of these cockroaches. Every, every institution he's around is worse for it, him being around it. But he ends up rich, right? The Democrats lost, what, 1,000 legislative seats over the course of uh, his eight years as president. So he confused people about what a Democrat is. And if, you get confused, if you're poor and you're confused about what a Democrat is, you might as well vote for the person who actually believes in something. And those were the Republicans at the time. So... He confused the nation so much that lost Democrats. 13 governor's seats were lost under Obama. That's because people were confused about what it means to be a Democrat. But he was very good at getting himself elected. So Obama's platform became elect me. And his, and his uh, policy for black, votes were, uh, for black people was vote for me and you'll get a picture of me and my family at the White House. So... I have, a, I have a problem with all of that, right? So the closer you get to Obama institutionally, the worse off you are and the better off he is. 
Nobody ever talks about the people he was a community organizer for in Chicago. They aren't doing so hot. I strongly suspect. And, um, and he so confused the electorate after eight years. We got Trump. That is a confused and ticked off electorate. That's how, like, that's Obama's legacy. And he got rich and a Netflix, and a Netflix deal and, like, dynastically wealthy, right? He, he gets $400,000 per speech wealthy, right? And dyna his, his, his uh, daughter just got a job as a producer, uh, like a staff producer for Netflix, right? So he gets dynastically wealthy while everybody around him loses or everybody affiliated with, <laughs> with him loses. And that is not good for black people. That's not good for Democrats. It's not good for American justice. And he straight up said, I want to put this. And um, he said the cause for reparation may be justified, but, but white feelings, white feelings and resistance kept him. So in that way, Obama is the black flesh of white feelings. It's like white liberalism in black flesh. Things, and there are things you can do that are bad for racial justice as a black man that you cannot do as a white man. Um, <laughs> and he was, he was that guy. He was the guy who could do it. He set the cause back a few decades. If for no, like enough for our, like, we don't live that long either. So when you say he set the cause back for a few decades, he took years off of your life. Like, and your kid's life. All right, so you have to understand why I'm so heated that Obama could not clarify the fight. Even if you can't do anything, you still have a State of the Union to lay out the case for reparations and have that be the news cycle, right? So, and have that be, like, you have executive power. You could uh, tie No Child Left Behind, I mean, not No Child Left Behind, race to the top funding to teaching the truth about American history. You have that kind of power through the um, Secretary of Education. If you can't get your policy through, you clarify the fight. And if you're not doing that, you have no business. You have no business um, uh, in office. And if people are more confused after you've gone in office, nobody's ever more confused after I talk. I'll tell you that right now. Um, if you're more confused after eight years in office, if Democrats are more confused after eight years in office, then it doesn't really matter what you passed because it's a democracy and the electorate's confused. And if you, you get rich, ah, you get rich off of confusing the electorate and you get your come up off of confusing the electorate, that's even worse. Now I'm going to hit the opening and I'll, I'll give you the case. To the beach, Never change the ways for the world or the government. If it was the president, then I would state facts. You leave it up to me, I paint the White House black and a computer in your front. So just to rehash, Obama was on a podcast. He has a podcast with Bruce Springsteen, uh, a very, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Funny, because the working class hero who then styled himself as the boss. That should already be like a little problem. So he has a uh, podcast. Where he's on a podcast with Bruce Springsteen and he says, you know what? Reparations is justified, but white feelings 
Uh, I didn't really, I didn't, I was worried. I was getting white. I was worried about the white resistance. First of all, once you're elected, it doesn't matter. And once you're elected and they, and especially the Republicans have proven that they're not going to do anything for you anyway, all you can do is make the case, right? You thought if you were nicer to them that they would elect Merrick, they would appoint Merrick Garland. <laughs> I don't know. One of us was naive. At the time, now, you remember, at the time, I know who my enemies are. I was like, look, these guys aren't going to pass anyone. You should just nominate Anita Hill <laughs> and make them turn Anita Hill down. That's what I said, because I'm that Negro. As opposed to Obama, who says, there is no black America. There is no white America. Just the United States of America. Unless we're talking about racial justice, in which case, if we're going to get justice for black people, then the whites, whites won't even let me talk about it. I'm sorry. The, white, the whites won't let me talk about it. They won't let me talk about it. I'm sorry. I, I thought I was a free Negro. I have access to nuclear codes, but I have to run everything I say by the whites, and they won't let me advocate for something that makes them nervous. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm worried about their resistance. Resistance to what? Like, once, especially after 2010, and it was pretty clear that the Republicans were not going to let you... Um, uh, do anything. All you do is take your case to the people and make the case and take your case to the people about us. Instead, you confuse them about us. And you ate off of confusing them about us. Once again, I say, Obama says, white resistance and resentment stopped him from pushing for reparations. Although it was justified, he says in the same, um, it says in the same interview, it was justified, but white resistance and resentment kept me from pushing for it. Look, I have had, I've been on the business end of quite a bit of white resistance and resentment, and yet I'm still pushing. And I don't even have like a secret service. I just take my death threats like a man. Like I don't understand, or not, you know, not necessarily like a man, like a, like a, like a warrior for justice. I don't necessarily understand like how you can be the president of the United States and say that I can't argue for things because the whites will get mad. You're the president of the United States. You get to argue for what you want to argue, and everybody has to cover it because you're the president of the United States. Like, you didn't see Donald Trump worried about, like, the blacks or the Latinos because he was used to power, right? So I don't, like, nobody's worried about well, you know, black people are not going to like that too much. Even Joe Biden said, I got black people anyway. They, <laughs> I don't have to worry about them at all. They're going to vote for, where are they going to vote for? Some other guy? Nah, they, I own them. You know, if they really want um, <laughs> justice, they should help me get Latinos. Uh, this is Joe Biden talking to black people. So the audacity of Obama the audacity of Obama to, and you have to understand to get rich off of black failure because that's what he does, right? He gets rich off of being the black guy in the room who is catering to white feelings. That's his shtick. Now that's not just his shtick. It's, it's pretty much one of the 13 things that black people do in America. And it's one of the four professional jobs that black people have. <laughs> like being the black flesh of white feelings. So he, it's like, it's not just his job and it's not just a, a small club he's in. 
Um, but he's a very dangerous Negro, for example, because he's going to be alive for so long. By the way, if you like anything I'm saying or you think that I should keep saying it, you have to understand that talking like this makes me down white unemployable because I will not be the black flesh of white liberalism and white supremacy that way. I will advocate for black people as a justice claim, right? So it's not just, it's not just a justice claim like, well, you know, we have to make a situation whole because although we black people have a lot of money, it's just someone who's wronged us, so I need an apology. This isn't that. No, black people are not doing well, and there's no way to, for black people to actually be appropriately empowered in this democracy that doesn't come through reparations. There are some intermediary steps maybe that we, we need to get there. Um, and that's why I talk about like a federal job guarantee, legal care, some universal programs. But that's all just to get black people's weight up so we can fight for the real fight, which is reparations. Because until reparations, black people will always be like calcified as the bottom class, cast. Like that's just, we're not, I don't, and you can say, well, you know, I know some black people who are doing all right. You don't know enough because there are masses and mass anywhere there's a black community is like degradating like the quality of poverty and degradation and like it's starting to be generational because whereas white wealth is starting to be passed down we're looking at black wealth that's just evaporated like poof and when i say poof i mean like people who had high schoolers who had prom dreams uh of going to the prom last year it's just like no it's not on pause it's just gone it's like money gone from the stock market. It doesn't, it's not just paused or like it's just gone. Poof. Like that's poof. That's black life and black aspirations. It's just wholly destabilized and it will never get better until uh, we're serious about reparations. So Obama saying like, oh, you know, I understand that, but um, white resistance and feel like what form could this resistance have taken? And I'll tell you the form of resistance it could have taken. Had he started talking like I'm talking, he doesn't get the $400,000 speaking gigs from, you know, hedge funds and, and investment banks. That's the resistance he's worried about. It's not like, not policy resistance because at the time the Republicans weren't going to work with him anyway. And so like the resistance he was getting was it was going to screw up his after work. So he was a whole sellout. A whole sellout. And you have to understand that he's taking away your grandkids' inheritance and bargaining that so that he can afford an extra servant in his Martha's Vineyard mansion. Right? So now he makes the case harder for us because he's saying like, well, you know, I was a black president. It can't be that hard for black people. That's, he's given that story to white people in their mind while, and getting rich off of it while at the same time saying that like, well, you know, we, we should talk about reparations and I would have, but like white resistance isn't that bad, is too bad. While at the same time saying that there is no white America, there is no black America, we're all just Americans. No, white America is what's keeping black America from getting its justice. Like if there is no other defining characteristic between the races, that's it. <laughs> if, and as long as you are keeping black people from um, getting their justice, you might as well be white. That means any, any person of color, any feminist, any person, any recent immigrant who comes here and is a problem uh, for black people being made whole, they're white. 
like they're trying to assimilate into a white ideology, which is kind of kind of has hegemonic power over what it is to be an American. That means like when when immigrants come here, they want to be an American. And to be an American, that means treating other black Americans like crap. That doesn't mean like assimilating into a losing team. That means, you know, it's like moving to New York. You don't become a Mets fan. <laughs> Go with the Yankees. Right. So that's immigrants coming to the United States. They don't come here and say, like, I'm going to take up common cause with the Negro. No, they. They are they want to be an American and American and whiteness is kind of. Um, and the same and American whiteness means the disposability of the black entire black communities. You can pluck up one or two like useful Negroes, but for the most part at the community level, we're circling the toilet. And one way, the only way to get out of that is government reparations, not private charity, government reparations, because it's the only uh, entity with the wealth and the resources to actually, and the guns required to install this. And uh, Obama saying like, well, you know, I could have made this case, but I was scared of white resentment. If I'm not scared of white resentment, like I, I don't understand, like, the damage you make by confusing the electorate about the fight when you're in office is, is worse than any policy. Is worse than any policy. Because now, white liberals and white conservatives use you against people who are actually fighting for black community uplift. Right? And he doesn't mind that because he still gets a check. Every time someone uses Obama's name in a uh, anti-reparations argument, like, like Obama gets a, a 25 cent um, a check in the mail, and those quarters add up to whole zillions of dollars. Make no mistake about that. Uh, so I, the damage he does every time, like the damage he did by confusing this fight is not negligible and it's it's enormous it's enormous right because in a democracy a confused electorate is 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 like undercuts or undermines any any semblance of justice of of just especially for if you're a, if you're a group i said before that obama's like the public defender who convinces you or is trying to convince you to take the plea deal although he knows he's innocent that's Obama to black people. Take the plea deal. Just take the plea deal. You know, I don't trust the judge. Can't trust the judge. So just take the plea deal. Although you're innocent, as opposed to like fighting for your innocence. Um, and you have to, I'll, there are a few things, right? You, can't, you have to understand that reparations isn't just justified. And he says it's justified. It's vital. It's vital. We are circling the toilet. Anywhere there's a community of black American descendants of slaves, there's a community of people who are not doing well, not particularly stable, and are scared of white people. Barack Obama was a whole United States president. And he's like, well, I'm scared of the whites. I was, I was scared of the whites. I would have fought for black people, but I was scared of the whites. What do you think that most other black people are in the position of? Like, they're like, <laughs> yeah, if Obama's got a white boss, everybody else does too. All right, so, um, and he's, uh, you know, 
he's really the black flesh of white feelings. And that's that's a problem because you thought you elected a black president, but you really elected white feelings in black flesh. And that's that's going to keep us all degraded and confused. So I hope this has been useful to you. I hope this clarifies the fight for you because um, we're on a bad way. We're on a bad way, black people, at the community level. And if you aren't about democratizing power through government reparations and you aren't, you aren't on the way with that and talking about that, then you're pretty cool with American success on the back of black generational poverty, right? I want an America where no black person is scared of white feelings. <laughs> but instead, um, like, unfortunately, we have the, president, the black president of the United States saying, like, well, I couldn't say it because the whites wouldn't let me. You have nuclear codes. But the whites wouldn't let you? And what the, the tacit under that is, and let me keep my job. Let me keep my after work. Let me keep the checks flowing in. So wouldn't, wouldn't let me, and let me keep the quality of lifestyle to which my, myself, Michelle, and Malia, and Sasha have become accustomed and aspire for our grandkids. Um, I, they wouldn't let me, and also, you know, I wanted to get on Richard Branson's yacht at the end of this. And, and I don't want him, I don't want him getting ticked, right? So Obama, the whole sellout screwed up how we think about politics because now you got a lot of young black politicos who are probably thinking, well, you know, I got to take the Obama route and just kind of be safe, which means they're going to either, and it's not going to work for them either because Obama burned that out. Obama burned that out. He's that cockroach, right? He does well. Everybody around him or affiliated with him is like is not going to do <laughs> nearly as well because he's that guy. Um, he's like a vampire. The closer you get to him, the better he does. Sucks everyone else's blood who might be affiliated with him. Um, and Trump is actually when you get what you get when the first black president is a whole chicken shit. When the first black president is scared to advocate for justice claims, even ones he feels are legitimate for black people, then white nationalism, they could, they could sense the blood in the water. <laughs> like White nationalism will pounce because they could see your weakness. Right? Trump is what you get when your first black president is a whole self-serving chicken shit. And... Um, it's just unfortunate, by the way. I think you should send this, this clip all around to everywhere and to, you know, everywhere <laughs> and risk getting banned. Because there is no justice in America that's still primarily, that's primarily or even at all concerned with white feelings first or white resentment or white resistance. No, they're going to resist. They're going to resent you. You're going to get called all sorts of names. Make your claim and clarify the argument. Um, Yeah. <laughs> he went from yes, we can to like, where's my mansion on Martha's Vineyard and Netflix deal? I don't, that's, it's, 
And to black people, he's pretty much saying that it, it must be hard on it must I know it's hard for you. As he sips his champagne. Um and yeah, he saw the politics of white resentment looming. And so he kept his mouth shut, got paid, and kept folks confused in a way that you know degrades the entire country because we are in a democracy and if you have a confused electorate confused about the justice claims and who deserves what you end up with people who aren't confused even if they're jerks taking over and that's how we got trump um yeah i am not a fan of this man i'm not the fan i think he does a lot of damage to our politics yeah all right i hope this is clear uh yeah you know i i keep doing this every week so i think you should give me five fifteen or fifty dollars a month <laughs> because after this it might be a little bit tricky to get a job although i'm very good at what i do uh go to www.thefunkyacademic.com peace if you appreciate the work i do every week and you think that I should continue to do it because I'm giving you the quality of political knowledge and insight that will help you not squander your life and kind of rescue meaning from it, then go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in $5, $15, or $50 a month or make one enormous donations. I like the monthlies because it allows me to budget more and that'll help me, you know, with a marketing budget or getting better equipment that works all the time because a lot of, in a lot of ways, freedom means having equipment that works every time you turn it on. <laughs> and I want to be a free Negro. So um, if you like what I do, go to funkyacademic.com and contribute. Thanks often comes in the form of cash and the site takes credit cards.